You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. As soon as you hear the uh, the song, the little jingle at the end, it sounds like a commercial for an airline, take off to the Great White North. Uh, just go down and, and find that. Just scroll right down and, and click play again. Dude, okay, um, okay. Carl, now that you say this, I am so going to roast you. <laughs> the, and Cliff... <laughs> This little this little jingle at the end? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't know what it is. Oh my god! Every time, every week, I, I'm oh like, my god. it's like a commercial for Alaska Airlines or something. I don't know. Oh I mean, my god! <laughs> oh, oh, you you gonna to learn today? Oh my oh, god! Hey, welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, sir, how are you? Hey, hey, how's it going? So, are you disappointed that you didn't you you didn't make a cameo in the new Star Wars trailer? I, I am I am shocked and upset and <laughs> a, a whole bunch of adjectives that would you know I I, I don't care I don't give a shit. <laughs> Enter adjective here. Uh, hey, well, the other person we we can actually ask that question to um, is a gentleman we got to meet for the first time. We we mentioned him on the podcast before. He's been a long time listener, and I, I think what's cool is that he he is a great tie into where the outlets came from. On the phone with is going to be joining us this week as a special co-host is Carl Anderton Jr. He is from just outside of Baltimore. Hey, Carl, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, what's up, man? So, yeah, uh, I also was disappointed that Cliffy was not in the trailer <laughs> uh, for the Star Wars movie as well. Um, although I, I mean, thought I saw you in there, but I don't know. No, uh, we'll that, have to wait for the next one to come out. That, that was Jar Jar. That was Jar Jar Binks, and he, him and I looked. That's what. Oh, him and I that was looked, close. Yeah, we were right. nothing. This nothing alike at all. Yeah. No matter. I don't care what our birth certificates say. I mean, why do we need sag fees? Well, yeah, I don't know. Misa tend to think a little different. Uh, oh, dear so, Lord. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> right on, man. Oh, man. Uh, before we talk to the game, uh, about the game, guys, sure. um, Carl, we want to let everybody know a little bit about yourself. Um, it's, as I said, it's, yeah, sure. it, it's such a great – being able to have a, a fan come up, and we found out that you've been coming up to Montreal for the last couple of years uh, to see an Alouette's mm-hmm. game. And but we wanted to hear what your history is as and not only as I guess not necessarily as an Alouette fan, but it's very possible a, a Stallions fan. What's your what's your history and how to get involved yeah, with, with, the C, with the CFL? So okay, so we'll go back to when I when I was a child. Uh, the Baltimore Colts left in the middle of the night um, and uh, went to Indiana. And uh, so you know, growing up, I was kind of NFL football homeless, if you will. And uh, so uh, we went through the uh, expansion debacles of, of 1993, where they put a team in Carolina and Jacksonville um, and skipped us. And uh, so uh, not too long after that, a guy named uh, Jim Spiros comes out of nowhere and uh, says he's uh, bringing football to Baltimore through the Canadian Football League. And uh, the team's going to call the team the Baltimore CFL Colts. So, of course, we all got excited. You know, it's football in Baltimore. And uh, so, you know, as we know, there's some issues with the name again, the name, and we were the 
the Baltimore, Baltimore CFLers in 1994. And I remember the very first game uh, and, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, this field is huge. And uh, I remember the very first third down, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, we got to go for it. Or no, the very first second down, I'm sorry. And I'm thinking, all right, well, it's, you know, it's third and long. We're, we can convert this. And, and they come out to punt. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you, I'm, I'm, I remember <laughs> looking at TV saying, what are you doing? And uh, so then, uh, you know, as, as the game went on, they kind of started explaining more and more. It was on ESPN, ESPN2. And um, uh, so then after the game, you know, I, I tried to read up as, as much as I could. And, of course, you know, the Internet wasn't that, uh, that widely uh, expounded upon as it is now, uh, not even close. And so, you know, I went to the library uh, and, and learned, you know, more about uh, the rules of the game. And, and so as I started watching it more and more in 94, I was like, man, this is kind of cool. This game is fast paced, you know, and it's like, it, you know, you get you get two downs instead of three downs, basically. Uh, you know, and so was, I, I just really got into it. And of course, you know, we we bulldoze our way through the season and, and we get to the to the Grey Cup and you know, the time runs out and they kick a field goal and we lose. And again, I'm like, what in the world? And uh, so, uh, you know, we spent the off season kind of, you know, polishing up more on it, getting excited about the 95 season. And, and of course, you know, we uh, we make history being the first uh, um, and only uh, American team to, to have the Grey Cup. And, uh, you know, so we uh, it was exciting, you know, because we, we're figuring we're in this for the long haul. And then, of course, in November, of 95 uh we find out the nfl's returning uh to baltimore with the uh the, the baltimore browns momentarily before we came to baltimore ravens and uh and then the team uh the stallions went to montreal and uh so during that time they went to montreal uh we uh got a minor league baseball team here in our hometown uh who was affiliated with the montreal expos and so uh you know, as I, I came friends with, you know, players like Orlando Cabrera and Javier Vasquez, and Troy Mattis and Michael Barrett and uh, guys who went to have, you know, decent careers and some very long careers in Montreal. Um, you know, it, it, it tied me to the city. And so as the CFL season kept kept rolling, of course, I couldn't follow the team like I did when they were here in Maryland. And so uh, it was kind of hit or miss until, you know, uh, until 97, 98, when I was able to, to get online on a regular basis and, and follow scores, and then you'd see whatever would come on uh, TV down here. Sometimes you get games on ESPN2. The NFL Network had them for a while, and, and it just kind of bounced around uh, like that in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. But I, I was always able to keep track of uh, of how the team was doing, and it was me and a, a good friend of mine and we that we uh, – we just we just kind of followed them as best we could. Uh, I made my way up to Montreal in uh, '97, '01, and '03. I think somewhere some of the, those years might be wrong. Uh, but then, uh, as my kids were getting older, uh, my wife was like, "Well, those trips are done until the kids are out of school." And uh, so the kids been out of school now for three years, and uh, so we've been going every year now <laughs> on a regular basis, going to games and and um, you know Friday. Uh, it was the first time I got to see the Alouettes win in person uh, because, uh, you know, in 17 and 18, uh, they lost to Ottawa. And then it was the uh, infamous Johnny Manziel game, uh, which I bought tickets for before we traded for Johnny. And then, 
as we're planning the trip to go up, we find out he's going to start. And I had this pit feeling in my stomach that this is not going to go well because <laughs> we've seen Johnny when he was in Cleveland. So as a Ravens fan, I knew what, what we had. And, uh, sure enough, uh, it did not go well, but, uh, um, he's a nice guy. I'm sure, uh, probably a decent tipper in a restaurant, but as far as a quarterback throwing on that size field, it just did not work uh, well for him or us. But, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a long time, uh, thanks as, since, like I said, since 94 and, uh, you know, it was kind of hit or miss and, you know, for a while because of just the lack of ability or access to games. But, uh, but now we've, we've been steady now for, for several years now. And, and uh, thankfully with uh, uh, services like ESPN plus, you know, I get every game now. And uh, just like I do with the Ravens, I do with the Alouettes. I build my schedule around those games. And uh, the cool thing with ESPN Plus is the games are archived, so I can go watch them if I'm late getting home to something, or if I have to leave early to go to an event. You know, I can still see the uh, see the game in its entirety. But uh, yeah. and then I found you boys, you know, a couple of years ago, and was listening, and um, you know, I kept uh, found you got found you on Twitter, and was just kind of watching this, you know, as conversations were happening and stuff. And finally, this year, I, I spoke to. Uh, spoke to some of some of the people I work with and I said, look, I need to be able to communicate on Twitter. And, uh, so they were like, well, as long as you don't cuss. So, so far, I think I've managed to hold pretty true to that. Um, but, <laughs> well, well but if, you swear, <laughs> if you do swear here, we can always use a lunatic and, bl- and uh, bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and I've heard that several times from you boys. Yeah. <laughs> especially, uh, especially want, want Cliffy there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh yeah. It was just cool this year, you know, really making that solid connection with you boys because you know your stuff. I mean, you guys are bona fide, and and uh, and that's what you always want to be around people who know more than you. Yeah. And uh, so because you, you you know you absorb and you learn from that. You guys have done that for me uh, tremendously with uh, with following not only this team but that game in general. And uh, it's just awesome. And now that I'm sitting here thinking in my head that this podcast I've listened to for at least two and a half years, uh, I'm on it. You know, and I'm yeah. like, this is pretty cool, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> how, uh, Carl, how was it, how was it being able to judge, be a, to, to juggle being a, a CFL and an NFL fan? I mean, when you tell some of your, your friends, your NFL friends that you do follow the, yep. you know, you do have quite a connection to the CFL. Uh, I mean, do, how many of them remember the Baltimore Stallions? Do they, and what do they think about the game and what do they, what do they say to you? Yeah. A lot of them still remember the Stallions down here. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, they remember, you know, that was, it was, I've actually have some of them now, uh, you know, our nest, our nest, no pun intended, uh, has kind of grown and, and we have more people watching the games now online. I'll have uh, parties at the house and we'll have the game on, on the back deck. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat, um, you know, seeing how it's kind of, you know, recaptured itself nowhere near to the extent it was when the stands were here right. uh, and, and on free TV every week. But, uh, uh, but no, it, it's neat. And i tell you, it's funny, man. When you watch CFL all summer uh, every year, the first game of the year, you know, the first set of downs, you know, I'm like, well, I guess we're putting. I'm like, wait, nope, we got another down. You know, so it's, it, every year it does it to me because, you, you know, you watch, you know, six or eight games, you know, before the seat, you know, because the CFL season starts so much earlier and, and, uh, and, 
you know, you, you get so ingrained in that that when, you know, you start watching the regular Ravens games, you know, you always have to check yourself a little bit yeah. uh, because there are the subtle differences, you know. And, and uh, uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, for me, it just kind of makes my year that much more well rounded, uh, you know, because uh, it's basically the only time I have to watch, you know, anything on TV is, is these football games. And so I, I make them uh, very much a priority. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's cool, especially this year, man, this year has just been unreal. I mean, uh, it started the second half of last season with being competitive when we won that game against the rough riders last year, you know, it's just kind of caught hold and, um, you know, but this year has just been amazing. And, uh, you know, the team being able to follow the team during in the off season now, you know, I sit there with my laptop on in the office and I'm watching and reading, you know, different websites that are going through free agency and you're seeing, you know, as we're, we're acquiring players and stuff. And now that I've watched it and I'm in so much, like when we signed Bo Lacombo, I was like, that's a good signing. I know that, you know, and, and so, you know, in previous years when you'd see signings, you're like, I have to see how this cat works out, you know, but, but now, you know, you know, and so it's just been, uh, and listening to you guys every week, talk about previewing other teams and stuff. I mean, it's just, it just made it really enjoyable for me. And it's, it's just nice having, uh, having two teams that you can really follow in depth. And, uh, and you guys have done a lot to make that, make that possible. Well, that, that's what we hope to do. And, it, and it's great to be able to obviously to, to, to speak with and to talk with other, other fans from across the, not, I guess not only the, the uh, Canada, but from, uh, from the U S too, who've been able to come up here and see what it, see what it's like. Uh, I guess we could say, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, at, at, what is it? Um, uh, after after stallions type of thing so <laughs> um right so um yeah as a matter of fact when you yeah, go yes ahead. i was gonna say uh when you had the gray helmets that was like my last connection <laughs> to the stallions that's was true. the silver helmets that's true and then when they changed to white i was like well we're officially clear and now with these new uniforms which totally rock by the way um i think they're the smoothest uniforms in all of pro football um you know, they hit the nail on the head. I love the connection of the logo to the city and to the history of it. And, uh, you know, I spent this past summer before the season going back on YouTube and finding games from the 70s and 80s and kind of watching them and just learning more about uh, players that, that played, you know, before the hiatus uh, right. of the two te- of the, the Concords leaving and are folding. And then, you know, the, the Stallions come into Montreal just so that way I could feel a little more well-rounded. Uh, as a fan, yeah, um, and you guys talk about different things, I can really kind of get an idea. That episode you did, uh, I was sitting in Atlantic City when the podcast you did, when you did the uh, the watch, uh, where you played the video and discussed oh, yeah, it yeah, as yeah, you were the, going. The watch along, yeah, yeah. I had seen, yes, I had seen that video, so I was able to in my mind, I was like, oh, I know what they're talking about, you know. So it was just, yeah, yeah. So it was cool. What, what, so, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you is that when you were in Montreal, uh, I know you, you were here for, I think, uh, for a couple, uh, I think for a couple of days, did you get a yep. chance to actually head over to near the Bell Center and actually see the wall where the team used, uh, yes. you did, did you? Yes. Yeah. With the starter logo yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. That, that was done in, that was done in 96, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a picture of that. Cool. Um, yeah, it was, no, it was really cool. I mean, that, that, um, 
that whole area, that whole area of the city is awesome between the Bell Center and 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 Percival Molson Stadium. That whole stretch that that downtown St. Catherine and Sherbrooke and all that. That's um, just a really cool part of the city. I, I I try to stay in that same area every year uh, because you know Crescent's only you know a couple blocks away and it's exactly. I can make it home. Exactly. <laughs> from there, but, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, thanks so much, Cliffy. You did good, boy. We said we shut that place down, man. You did all right, yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. That's what I heard. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah. I, I never thought it'd be. I never thought it'd be possible right. to, to close down a to close down a stogie bar. So uh, I guess uh, I learned something you new did all it. the time. So. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Okay. Absolutely. So let, 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 let's talk. <laughs> How we do talk, it in the five one four? Yeah, exactly. Let, let's talk about the game this week, guys. Uh, well, actually, one of the interesting things, by the way, that I noticed here, Cliff, and I'm looking at the uh, the conditions. Did you know that they actually stated that the, that the field was listed as wet turf for for last week? I was like, what are you uh, talking about? <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. With the, that, that te- the change in temperature and uh, getting oh, uh, very okay. chilly. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I and that. let's not forget, too, it's field turf. So, I mean, it's got kind of a plasticky, yeah, rubbery kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, I mean, the Alouettes came into this game that, you know, as a, as a ten, 10 and a half point underdog. And it's something that you and I talked about after the game, Cliff, is Your that. Favorite. Um, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry. The 10 and a half point favorite. But. After the game itself, I asked you. It's one thing we didn't bring up last week in the in the in the pod itself. Is that would we have considered it as a trap game? And looking at the way that this game ended up with the Alouettes uh, basically squeaking out a twenty seven twenty four win over the Argos, would you could this had been that particular trap game? Or because as Carl was mentioning, and I think as as you were mentioning also before before we started taping, is that. Everything now is set in motion for the playoffs. No matter what, what was your? I mean, do you think that we they were this is a tra- was a trap game? I guess you could say it was. Uh, I mean, here's the thing though: this, this game, there was no real winners or losers other than what you saw on the score sheet, of course. But uh, I mean, Toronto had nothing to play for, like as far as like playoff uh, implications go. Uh, Montreal had nothing to play for either because. They're firmly in second place, and that's not going to change whether they won or lost. So you, it was just how do you approach this game? Like you don't want to take your foot off the pedal, so to speak. You want to still maintain that momentum and keep everybody sharp, but at the same time, too, you don't want to also blow your brains out and risk an injury or anything like that for a game that essentially means very, very little in the standings. So it's, I, I guess, as far as trap game goes, like yeah, the, the potential for that definitely was there, and uh, yeah, I. I don't want to say the Elwoods didn't put their forth their best effort. I want to believe that they really did. And again, Toronto really is not as bad as their record indicates as far as how they play. I mean, it's the game was obviously a little too close for comfort for my liking, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just, <laughs> as far as trap game goes, I mean, I, I guess by definition that, that it would be a trap game, but uh, I, I, I just don't know how the Elwoods could have, what more they could have done or, what, because God forbid that someone gets hurt, like somebody important gets hurt mm-hmm. during this game. And for what? To beat the Argos. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that doesn't really register. And But again, if the team lost, then everybody's going to start casting doubt again. Like, oh, are these, uh, you know, are the Alouettes, you know, just overhyped? Uh, is everybody buying in? Like, what's going on here? Like, are people going to even notice or care about the fact that this game really meant nothing in the standings for either team? Probably not. So, 
it, like I said, it was one of those things where you, you, you can't win for losing, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. So, so Carl, Carl, you've seen it before, too. Yeah. I'm sure being, I think being a Baltimore mm-hmm. fan being and being an Alouettes fan, where you've seen these games where, you know, they go into a game where what they may consider or fans may consider a lesser opponent. Before you came up to see this game, what was your thought? I mean, was this a game where you thought where, eh, it's the Argos, we're going to do as we please, or... Uh, I, were you very cautious considering what you've seen before in your in your football quote unquote career as a fan? Yeah, no, I, I assumed uh, the the game. I mean, it's a divisional game. Divisional games are always uh, they're they're close. I mean, they're they're unpredictable. You just you you never know. Uh, and and the Argos are not a bad team. I mean, they are on paper, uh, but but they're better than their record shows, and so. You know, with everything being considered, I think Cliffy hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, it, it, this game kind of served as a as a barometer, you know, as to the heart of the team. And and I think that um, them coming out and getting the win, it, it keeps the pace going as we move towards November. And so I think, uh, you know, if they come out and just rolled over, it, would it have meant anything? No, they were just kind of holding back. Uh, you know, you could have said that or painted it with a new, any number of brushes, but but with the fact that they they came out and they had a pace and they come out with a win that, and they're showing that you know that they're hitting a level that's going to be their new floor and then you know we look up from there as, as we move towards November uh, but then again you know i mean you know you just you just never know and so i'm just you know the, i mean there were parts of the game where we're, i'm thinking okay well we're just kind of you know just playing not to get hurt and that's a never a good way to play because that's when you get hurt yeah uh, but you know, at the end of the game, we stuck. You know, we stepped back up. We started the game hot. You know, kind of tailed off in the middle, and then, you know, finished on a high note. So I think, uh, you know, it could easily you could easily call it a trap game, and, and we we survived the trap. And so now we move on to the next one. I, you know, I think that's I think Cliffy, you know, hit it right on the head. Uh, this was a uh, this was the Alouettes uh, uh, fourth straight was it fourth straight win at home. Uh, it is their first four plus four. Excuse me, their four plus game winning streak i was going to get that out at home for the first time since 2014 uh also it which was very surprising to, to me i don't know what about you guys this was actually their 300th home win regular season win in team history i was floored about that i was like how is it only 300 games that's what I'm just sitting here thinking. I mean, that's a lot of years, bro, since 1946. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but, how many, they used to play eight or nine games a season or something? Or Well, is that, and then also, too, there's that uh, sort of uh, period between 1987 and 1996 where they didn't play any games. I hate this. Yeah, the 10 years. <laughs> yeah, right, that's true. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. That'll kind of affect your uh, your win total. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. I, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the, so, the last well, qu- the last quarterback that uh, was li- able to lead the uh, team to uh, a streak this long at home was uh, Mr. Jonathan Crompton Cliff. Um, uh, very, it, it's very nice to see the Alouettes being able to be a, a dominant factor at home once again. And uh, interesting, you mentioned Jonathan Crompton because he was actually in the house last Friday. You're right, you're right. As the quarterbacks coach for the Toronto Argonauts. That's right. <laughs> I can well, only imagine. With a nice tie-in. Yeah. I can only imagine what must have been going through his head because, uh, again, he uh, unfortunately left the Alouettes under uh, less than ideal circumstances and was never really given a chance to kind of come back and kind of right some wrongs. And I guess uh, there's a little bit of bitterness there with him, so I don't know how he was when it came into uh, personal Wilson Stadium this past Friday, uh, especially to being on the other side of the field, so to speak. 
because the teams share the same side of the field, but you know what I mean? Like for, for him to be uh, a part of that uh, experience, uh, because again, don't, let's not forget too. He was also the winning quarterback for the last time the Montreal Alouettes were in the playoffs back in 2014. That's true too. So there's uh, quite a few. There was quite a few interesting tie-ins uh, this past Friday, and uh, not just S.J. Green. That's uh, you know just couldn't help but notice these some of these little things. Yeah, that, that's true too. I mean, and uh, um, it was very weird. I mean, for the first time in wow, quite a long time that the Alouettes actually had a had a Friday October uh, October home game. Uh, it was really weird. I'm sure for just both of you guys that uh, walking up to personal malls. I know it was an overcast day, but um it, it was dark i was like what what was going on i don't usually walk to alouette home games and it's dark outside so i was like man i don't know if i like this october home game thing yeah it definitely was a uh, very unusual i'm i'm so used to having the sun in my eyes especially even on, like friday night games like by the time we're in our seats ready to go and before kickoff like i'm used to the sun being in my eyes for just a little bit at least yeah, in, yeah. throughout the uh, midway through the first quarter but yeah as soon as we we sat down like you're right. It was like, I won't say pitch black necessarily, but I mean, it was dark. Like, like the sun really went down a good while ago. Like this is definitely uncharted territory. Yeah. Um, the Alouettes uh, were up uh, 13-10, uh, sorry, 13-3 at halftime. And everything looked like it was going really, really well. But And then, unfortunately, it seemed that the, the Alouettes just could do nothing. It probably was one of the one of the third quarters that we will forget for uh, out of all the third quarters this, this year, let's hope. Uh, and outscored 14 nothing by the Argos, but luckily this team was, eight, was very resilient, able to come back and score 14 straight of their own. Uh, uh, also, in, and then with Toronto scoring another seven, and then luckily a missed field goal at the buzzer by the Argos gave the <laughs> gave gave this team the the twenty seven twenty four win. Um, Carl, uh, considering that the, the, the yes. uh, that the Argos uh, kicker Crapenia had had already had a, a field goal blocked at the end of the first half, do you think that got into his head a little bit when he came up with the with, with the game on the line? I sure hope so. Um, you know, I remember I was, I, we had left our seats and we came down to uh, to the field level for the end of the game. And I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, they're coming out for a kick. And I, I look at my wife and I say, oh, my gosh, they're going to tie it up. We're going to overtime. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm watching. I was like, oh, Lord, please. And, <laughs> and, and ended up missing. I was like. Yes. I mean, I was truly excited, you know, to see them actually, you know, hold on and win for the, you know, again, for the first time for me in person. But uh, um, I was beginning to think for a second there, especially in the third quarter, that I am a jinx. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I'm never going to see this team win in person. It's just never going to happen. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, at the end, you know, um, you know, with, with the miss, I was like, OK, that burden is lifted now. I can I'm a normal person. I am not a bad person. but but the the swoon in the third yeah right absolutely right the swoon in the third third quarter like that it's just you know it's just one of those things where all those doubts come uh rushing back and cliffy you know me uh, every game on twitter it's always the same rhythm with me uh you know i was just waiting for the light switch and uh and sure enough you know it came on but uh yeah no no absolutely it's i was just that was just uh I'm I'm hoping that it got in his head, you know, maybe it was uh 
a gust of wind from the football gods trying to take care of me at the last second. I don't know, but I'm just just glad that dude missed. But. <laughs> well, once, once again, history has a funny way of repeating itself because let's not forget Tyler Crepinia, the kicker for the Argos, and briefly on the Alouettes practice roster this year, uh, two years ago, uh, the season opener against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, when he was a member of the Rough Riders, he had a chance to win the game for the Rough Riders with a field goal kick, and that too also went wide. So... I, you know, lightning doesn't necessarily strike twice in the same place, but uh, it's just uh, quite the coincidence that once again, Tyler Crepinia had a chance to win a football game in Montreal for his team and couldn't quite do it. It just, uh, I, I wonder if that got into his head a little bit as well. It's very possible. I mean, I'm looking at the third quarter stats here, guys. The Alouettes held the ball in the third quarter for five minutes and 37 seconds and had a grand total of two first downs. That's how bad. Two first downs to the Argos 11. That's how bad this third quarter was for the Owls. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, but the way they bounced back, I mean, it just shows the the resiliency this team's had all year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, it just, it's their roadmap. They just, they did what came natural. You know, they kind of, they get up, they kind of chill, and then they get up. Yeah. And, uh, I agree. Uh, Vernon Adams was able, able to rebound from one of his worst uh, worst CFL starts in his career. Um, didn't throw an action, any picks at all, and that, that was the huge thing about it. He only went 16 to 23, 249 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he also did rush a hell of a lot more than he did the week before. I mean, he had seven carries for 44 yards. Jeremiah Johnson had uh, nine carries for 43 William Stanbeck, who was able to finally break the 1,000-yard rushing uh, mark for 2019 for the first time in his career, 11 rushes for 49. As soon as he got that 1,000 yards, they sat him down, and and, then Jeremiah Johnson was able to to pick up the the slack for the rest of the game. But what most people need to remember, too, is is not only did Jeremiah Johnson do well uh, rushing-wise, but he did extremely well, Cliff, when it came to his receiving, didn't he? Absolutely. Uh, this, the beauty of uh, William Stanback is, yes, you, you know, and other teams know, you've got a game plan for him as, as far as uh, running back goes. Like Having him out in the backfield definitely is a threat. But what a lot of people don't realize, too, is in addition, like, to be a great running back in the Canadian Football League, not only you have to run your butt off, but you also have to be able to catch and you also have to be able to block for your quarterback, which he has done both of those extremely well. I mean, you talk about uh, a Swiss Army knife of sorts. Uh, that's what William Stanback is. I mean, Let's not forget, last year he was also part of special teams when Stefan Logan got hurt. He ended up uh, taking a lot of the kick returns and did extremely well for himself. I mean, that's where he actually got the reps needed to be given a chance to become a, a starting running back. And so much so that the Alouettes ended up trading Tyrell Sutton and basically telling Stanback, OK, this is your team now. And sure enough, when 2019 uh, training camp started, you knew William Stanback was going to be the man here at camp. I don't think we realized just how much of an impact he was going to have on the Alouettes offense this year. But uh, Stanback has really made a name for himself, not just running the ball, but he's got a good pair of hands. And uh, as soon as he has the ball in his hands, he is just so hard to stop. And that's a testament to just how hard he works. And the fact that he was able to get that thousand yard plateau for this season, absolutely incredible. And we are just so lucky to have a talent like that. And also too, our insurance policy, Jeremiah Johnson, this guy, he can also do it all. I mean, he's been having one heck of a season. I mean, for a guy in his 30s, I mean, that's usually when running backs tend to start uh, deteriorating or just, you know, starting to, you know, starting to show their age a little bit. But, I mean, he's got new life here in Montreal. I mean, that touchdown catch that he got from Vernon. Oh, my goodness. 
Whoa. Exactly. That's that's what he did. He just flew <laughs> right through the field. I mean, the, there's just no other way to describe like, the sweet feet of yeah. Jeremiah Johnson. Like this kid. Wow. What 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 a find! I am so thankful that we've got something like that. So you got the one-two punch in the backfield for the Alouettes, and uh, I, I'm so thankful. After years of not using running backs properly, Kahari Jones has found a way to make these running backs work, and it has paid off massive dividends for the Montreal Alouettes. For sure, uh, Devere Posey he went four for four uh, for 88 yards and a touchdown. It was very early that he got all this before he he left with a lower body injury, and so far from what we're hearing, he seems to be okay and what should be able to play this week. Uh, versus uh, versus the Tiger Cats, um, Eugene Lewis was uh, was three uh, was a three of five uh, for forty six yards. Um, he is within seventeen yards of a thousand for for twenty nineteen. We're thinking he should get that next uh, should get that next week versus the Tiger Cats, and let's hope it's on one of those uh, those beautiful uh, jump balls for a touchdown or something like that. Something to that effect. Let's hope. Um, uh, uh, the other touchdown went to Quan Bray. Uh, he had uh, a catch for 18 yards. Uh, and then who, who else did I That was it. Um, yeah, that's it. But uh, overall, I think it was the, the ball was distributed very well, considering even even though uh, Vernon only had uh, 16 catches. Right, Carl? Oh, sorry, it says 16 passes completed. Yeah, I was gonna say I must have missed that man. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was it was a well-rounded game. I, I mean, you know. Um, I mean, Eugene Lewis. I mean, how can you not love that guy, man? Um, I mean, he can high point a ball like uh, like nobody I, I've seen in the CFL and and probably the NFL. I mean, the way he can go up and grab what he needs is just uh, is is phenomenal. I have full faith in him uh, when they're throwing the ball his direction. Of course, you know, same thing with Posey and and uh, and, and you know, I like Chris Matthews. I mean, he didn't get a whole lot lot of action. Uh, this week, I would like to note that Matthews and Posey are former Ravens, um, so we have that connection as well as Bo Lacombo as well. They were all three of those have been on the Ravens roster at one point or another. Um, so you know, uh, I don't know how many you know former Steelers are on the roster or Forty Niners, <laughs> but we have to be Ravens. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I will mention that Bo Lacombo is a former Forty Nineer. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that don't count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, oh, I, I, I do know that our uh, that our uh, uh, CFL Hall of Fame quarterback Anthony Calvillo uh, did get a tryout for the Steelers. <laughs> but I think so. The Johnny United. I mean, oh so. well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what, Carl, what was your thought on, on, on the, I mean, this is a, a Toronto team. It really is, uh, is basically they're, they're done for the year. And, and there was speculation that they were going to start giving their second and third string quarterbacks a chance to, you know, as Cliff and I mentioned last week, it is basically their the beginning of their 2020 camp. What was your thought on, on how uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson was given the range for the entire game and how well he did? Uh, is it, I mean, if, if he had been playing this well all year, uh, this Argos team could have done a, uh, could have been in a lot better situation than they are right now. Oh, I agree absolutely. I mean, I uh, when I found out that he was starting, I mean, I immediately got nervous. I mean, if you remember the, in the uh, uh, the touchdown Atlantic game, he gave us fits the whole game as well. And um, you know, so I, I think he has the tools to be a, a legitimate quarterback. I, I, so I think they were just they're auditioning him. They're looking at him. And free agency. If I'm, you know, pinball or, or somebody in their front office, I'm not looking at anybody else on that roster. 
as as being the quarterback. I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at what what may be available in free agency. So I think you you know he'll play the the, you know, the remainder of the season. I don't expect to see anybody else get any snaps for Toronto other than him. Uh, they're they're you know he's either going to be QB one or QB two next year. I, I expect them to go find. Uh, find them themselves a quarterback if they don't believe he has what it takes. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I mean, if he was on my team, I think with some polish, he's got a, he's got a chance to be a good quarterback. Uh, but uh, you know, if he's not on my team, I don't like him. So, uh, because he scares me a little bit because he's just so big. He reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger and that's not good. So, um, for me, but that's a good analogy, um, man. I can't, I'm going to agree with you on that. One. That's, he a very, does. that's a very good analogy. He's a, he's a, yeah. I mean, it's what he reminds me of. Um, and, uh, you know, he's just very hard to bring down. Uh, we've been able to do it pretty successfully, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I worry about, uh, next year if he ends up putting all the pieces together, uh, this off season and, um, you know, Toronto is not that far away. I mean, one or two players here and there, and they could be giving us a run for second place. Uh, you know, I, I mean, there, there are a lot of games they lost. They should have won. Um, you know, but thankfully for us, we are who we are. And, uh, you know, so we're going to the playoffs and they're sitting at home. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, so. I, yeah I agree with you. I agree with you. So on, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, there's a ton of guys that actually had to, had to tackle this week. Um, I think Hinock Wamba led the team. He did. Uh, Hinock and uh, Tommy Campbell actually led the uh, led the team with seven tackles. Uh, um, uh, Najee Murray had five. Uh, I think those are the highest ones that we've had that, that we had for the game itself. Uh, a couple had four, including Chris Aki, Greg Reed. Um, I think I think overall, I think the uh, the defense did quite well, and they they were able to step step up in the fourth quarter, Cliff, considering how poorly uh, showing that all the team did uh, in the third quarter. Yeah, and the one thing I was really impressed with was defensive lines really uh, stood out, especially with John Bowman being given the night off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys like Antonio Simmons, uh, Javon Roland Jones, uh, they were basically bookending the defensive line and did very well. Both of them got a quarterback sack, and a couple of good tackles in. So uh, very impressed to see that. Uh, <laughs> oh my! Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but it, it's true. Um, now. As we do every week, we're going to give our, our the team our, our grades for the week, and uh, uh, you better get your, your pen sharp in there, Carl, because you're, you're gonna, we're going to be asking you too, my friend. So. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, so uh, we're going to start with the, the offense. Um, Cliff, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll give it to you first. All right. Uh, I'd go B-. minus uh, Again, it was a very balanced attack from from Vernon Adams. Like as I said, you've spread the ball up fairly well. Uh, got the running game going uh, when he needed to. Uh, he made a lot a lot of better decisions than he did the week before in uh, Winnipeg. Uh, wasn't outstanding like we've come to expect, but I mean it was it it did the job. So I mean, like anything else, I, I going into this game, I wasn't expecting to see a whole lot of. Uh, like they, again, they weren't going to blow their brains out for this game in particular. I think they were going to be a little bit more conservative. I think they were going to kind of strategize a little bit more and just try to win the game, like drag things out and make this a real football game. And, uh, you know, they, they did the job. So, I mean, like, I can't really take any points away from them. I mean, it, it was what it was. It was, uh, not again, not the most exciting game of football until basically the end of the match. But uh, I'd say overall, I'd say B- minus would be a, 
would be how I'd rank this offense. What about you, Carl? Yeah, I, I have to go with a B. Um, I give him just a little bit extra because I got to see him win in person. Um, so, <laughs> but but again, you know, I, I think uh, I think Clifford hit the nail on the head. I mean, the ball was sp- spread around great. Uh, the running game was on point. I mean, we started the game on fire. It, we kind of leveled off in the middle, but we found our way in the end. And uh, so I think uh, I think I, I I have no problem giving the, giving that offense a, a B easily. Uh, it's always a good game when Vernon Adams is able to come back and, and, and totally do an about face. What able he was able to do the, the previous week, um, but I, I would yeah I'm I'm probably gonna go with with Cliff on this and giving give him a, a B minus. Uh, for uh, for their offense, uh, it wasn't perfect, uh, but uh, you know, just a few blips, especially that third quarter. Uh, it, it, obviously, there can be some improvements done even this far into the season. Carl, if you were to, to look at the defense for the game, uh, how what what uh, what grade would you give them for the game? Going from the similar school of thought that I got to see the team win in person, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm gonna get, I'm gonna also lay them out with a B as well. Um, you know, I actually uh, just. <laughs> If it went for the third quarter, um, you know, it's an A easily for me. Um, you know, I mean, if you, t- if you take the third quarter out, that, that was an A performance. But you put the third quarter in, um, you know, for me, it's a, it's a B. I mean, they, but they tightened up at the end and they did what they had to do. And, uh, they, you know, they, they pushed us to a win. And, and you know, you, you just got to celebrate that fact every time it happens. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Cliff? Yeah, I'm I'm with you there too, Carl. I think the third quarter definitely you got to see the worst of the defense uh, as far as the Montreal Alouettes goes. Uh, but again, as they usually tend to do, they they adjust on the fly. They make they make the moves that they have to, and uh, I think they finally realize that oh yeah, we've got to win this game. So they finally kick themselves into gear, and um, even though that late touchdown that they gave up in the fourth quarter doesn't isn't any reflection of the effort that was given. I mean, overall. They did play a very solid game. Uh, again, you're still letting up 24 points, though. So, I mean, it's uh, uh, you're, you're still seeing a lot of the defense that uh, you do, but uh, like, there hasn't, wasn't any major turnovers or wasn't any major uh, – like anything that was really outstanding. But, once again, they did their job. And for a game like this, a game that, as we've stated, and we pretty much agree that is more or less a trap game, uh, as far as a grade goes, I'd probably go – I'd probably go – same as with the offense, a B minus. I mean, there's a lot of things that they did that I liked, but uh, a lot of things that just didn't quite, you know, like I, I, I'd rather they do this now as opposed to on November 10th versus the Edmonton Eskimos in the Eastern semifinal. Yeah. Like, like you cannot play this same night. The, the game that we saw this past Friday, you cannot play this game in the playoffs. And I'm really hoping it was just more about preservation and just making sure they didn't make any mistakes, get themselves hurt. They just wanted to get through this game and be done with it. So I, I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in that regards. But uh, as I said, like this is not the defensive performance we've come to expect and appreciate from this Montreal Alouettes team in 2019. Uh, but all things considered, I'd say same as the offense, I'd go B minus with the defense. It seems to me that the, the team seems to be the offense and defense seem to be going almost what their, what their win streak has been over the past couple of weeks, you know, uh, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, that type of thing. And unfortunately, the you know the defense is in this game itself was very scary. Considering how I mean, we did know that that Macbeth it was a good quarterback. Um, it, was it that they weren't prepared that he was going to start? I don't know. You know. Considering all the quote unquote talk of who was supposed to be starting for the Argos, I, I don't know. But it's it's stuff that they still need to 
um, that they need to shore up. Because, I mean, like you said, we are, we're all, we're week 19. There's certain things, there's certain things that you, that you really do need to do and just to, to, to shore them up. So, but, uh, so guys, um, I'm going to give them a C, actually. I think they could have done a hell of a lot better than what they did, but, um, uh, I'm just, I'm going to give the team a C. So, uh, the, the defense is a, a C up for this game, but, uh, it needs to get better. It, it it has to get better. Win or lose, it still needs to get better because, as both of you have stated, uh, th- this garbage cannot come out on uh, uh, for the uh, for the Eastern semifinals. So, yeah, and I want to believe that yeah. it won't. I, I have to believe that Bob Slowick knows exactly what needs to be done now. At this point, he knows what he has. He knows what kind of horses he has in his stable, and. He's, I don't think we're going to see anywhere close to this kind of effort. I th- really do want to. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, and the entire defense the benefit of the doubt that this was a nothing game, and you still have to show up. You still have to perform. Like a certain expectation is still, you know, expected out of you. But I, I think uh, obviously you're not going to show everything. You're not going to blow your brains out, as I've said numerous times now, for this uh, this particular matchup. So. Again, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I, th- I think we're all in agreement that uh, an effort like this simply isn't going to cut it. And it's what we've we've come to expect yeah. a lot more from this team. And again, let's just hope that it's just a simple matter of, well, we didn't want to get hurt. We didn't want to risk injury to anybody uh, so close to the playoffs. Well, and and we'll fun- just we'll just leave it at that. And it's funny you say that, Cliff, because there were a few minor injuries uh, when the clock hit zero for this game, weren't there? Mm-hmm. No, that's it. It's... Uh... It, that it's the nature of the beast. You're going to find uh, people get banged up all the time, uh, little things here and there. But uh, you know, like this team has gone. Well, let's face it. Every team goes through injuries. Uh, Montreal is definitely no exception. You take a look at the six game roster, the six game injury list, and there's some pretty talented players on that as well. Uh, again, mm-hmm. it's as far as just stay healthy. That's the important thing. And I really want to believe this team has the capability of doing so. And Thank goodness there's definitely some reserves. If if there is any major injuries or guys are going to be out for a while, there's some great reserves on the practice roster, and I wouldn't be surprised seeing those guys uh, getting some reps uh, this coming Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that's the case too. Obviously, depending on what the situation with the roster is going to be and who's going to start, because you know I'm kind of going to echo what uh, what Carl said about Chris Chris Matthews. I mean, he got one target. It was a horrible pass, horrible cat try, try at the catch too. I mean, it's. Uh, th- considering what this guy did a few weeks ago in that uh, in that comeback versus Winnipeg, uh, we need to get him get him on the field as much as possible. But it's it may be more better, it may be easier to do over the next couple of weeks with with these modifications to the uh, to the roster. But it makes me wonder. You know, it's that, that kind of thing when you look at your rosters for the playoffs in, in baseball, as an example, who's going to make the roster and who's not. So it makes you wonder. Go, you know, coming up. He may be on the roster now, but will he be actually be on that roster come for the Eastern Final? But it's it's a question that we'll have to we'll have to see what what happens. So um, do not forget that we no. have social media. There are multiple places where you can find us. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can do so at Alouettes FL Deck. If you want to find us over at Facebook, just do a search for Alouettes Flight Deck. And if you want to listen to the entire archive of the Alouettes Flight Deck, heading all the way back to June of 2016. You can do so by heading over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca or head over to Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Speaking of, I just uh, we have to bring it up once again. If you haven't listened to the 100th, 100th anniversary show uh, with Ben Cahoon, uh, you got to do so now. Uh, it, it, this, it's not uh, one of those things where this, uh, this podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. It's still waiting there for you. <laughs> 
you still need to listen to it. So, um, Carl, being a, being a third party uh, about uh, uh, another person who had a chance to listen to this pod, um, real quickly, what, what was your what were your what was your takeaway from listening to the Ben Cahoon podcast? I, I, it just helped me further appreciate this team, um, you know, and I think that uh, you know people who are either new to the team or have kind of forgotten a little bit about the glory years, they fade a little bit. Uh, you know, I think it, it will it will get you right where you need to be. And um, I think last week you guys were, were mentioning if it was your number one or number two episode all time. Um, I mean, I'd put this up in the top three, uh, this one that we're doing right now. No, but, um, <laughs> no it, it's, uh, it's easily it's easily the, the best one, the, the most informative, relatable one that I've listened to. Um, you know, when you, especially when you're looking at, you know, just that deeper connection with the franchise in general. I mean, you can't go any, any better than Ben Cahoon, in my opinion, yeah. other than maybe Mike Pringle. But, uh, um, you know, those two guys, you know, along with, uh, Calvillo, I mean, that's, that's your, that's your three headed monster from the, you know, from the glory uh, days. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you want to call it that, but I think we're getting ready to head into a new phase yes. of glory days. I so I, I yeah, me too, <laughs> but um, no, it was a great episode. Absolutely. I would encourage everybody, if they haven't listened to it, uh, to do so uh, right now. Uh, well, finish this podcast first and then go listen to it. Please. That's what, yes, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you hear the uh, the song, the little jingle at the end, that sounds like a commercial for an airline, take off to the Great White North. Uh, just go down and, and find that. Just scroll right down and, and click play again. Dude, okay, um, okay. Cliff, I know you want to say something, but, <laughs> but Carl, now that you say this, yeah. I am so going to roast you. I am so going to roast you. <laughs> the, and Cliff, this little, this little jingle at the end, <laughs> are you kidding me? I don't know what it is. Oh my god! Every time, every week, I'm like, it's like a commercial for Alaska Airlines or something. I don't know. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh, oh, you going to learn today? Oh my god! Teach me, teach me, school me, school me now, school me. Uh, First, (laughs) I'm going to say two names, and please tell me you've heard of them: Doug and Bob McKenzie. Um, silence will tell me is your is your answer. <laughs> silence. Says yeah, I mean, I know, I know people named Doug and Bob, but not Doug <laughs> McKenzie. So okay, uh, <laughs> Doug and Bob McKenzie were part of what is considered the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. It is where okay, wow, uh, Cliff, help me here, Eugene Levy. Um, who, yeah, who, I know Eugene, Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, who, who, yes. Who, who else was on on the show, Cliff? Uh, John Candy, yep. uh, Catherine O'Hara, yeah. uh, Martin okay. Short. Okay. Yep. Okay. And it was. I um, got you. Yeah. Um, and it was. Uh, it was called SCTV. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's what the name of the show was. And it was. Gotcha. Um, these were two icon, ca- iconic characters, sort of similar. To what I guess we could say, like the Church Lady is for Dana Carvey, as an example, where mm-hmm. they went ahead and took. Well, I, I guess we could say, like, wow, so as they've done so many different times with Saturday Night Live characters, they made a a movie with these two guys. Okay, and it was called Strange Brew. Very, I, I've heard of that. Okay, that's where it's okay. from. That that's okay. That's yeah. Okay. Well, man, I. I bet I did not mean to <laughs> an iconic song like that. Um, <laughs> now, mind you, to, to be fair, Cliff and I may be showing our age by knowing that. Right. But 
Well, I have heard of the movie Strange Brew, yes. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know anything about it. I know there's another uh, Canadian movie, I think. It was from the 80s called, uh, um, what was it called? Loose Screws, um, I think. Something like that. There's, it's a bunch of Canadian actors in a movie I saw when I was a kid. That, um, And the reason I remember that is because there's a lot of bikini scenes in that movie. Um, but uh, going back to Strange Brew. So this, this, that song comes from a movie that would be like... Uh, like a spinoff from Saturday Night Live for us. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Exactly. And I'm like, all this time I've for years I've been hearing this after I'm like, why are they playing this airline jingle, man? So <laughs> now I will look at it completely different. You know, I will look at it completely, completely different. Now the other question is, what is the song you're playing on the front end of the podcast? The front end of the podcast is by um uh by a simple plan, a Montreal group called Simple Plan. Okay, I'll have to find that one because that actually sounds pretty good in your speakers um, on the front end. Um, and uh, I did find the touchdown song, um, and it is translated to mean "I love birds." Yes, um, that is birds. correct. English. Yes, even though yes. The, even though the 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 lyrics are so weird. <laughs> even I have not gone into the lyrics. I just did the chorus. Uh, I was afraid the lyrics might be weird, and come to find out. Uh, you were correct. <laughs> so, yeah, they are very, yeah. They are so I would just stick with, I was, yeah. So I played the song, uh, driving back. I found it on Spotify and I was playing it on the way back. And, and, uh, my wife's looking at me, she says, what are they saying? I said, I don't know, but I think that part means I love birds. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> well, you got it. Uh, right. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and then of course I know the, the French uh, version of make some noise, uh, which is really cool. Always seeing that because you hear it and you see it on TV all the time. You hear it in the background and you see it on the the LED boards on the sideline. Oh, and then, yeah. but when you're there and you hear, it, of course, it wasn't the original guy doing the PA announcing that was there the, the previous couple of years. But to hear it and to see the crowd reaction in person, oh um, yeah, it, always, it, it was a completely it was a completely different guy or PA guy. It yes, was, yeah, he wasn't there this week. Yes, so it's. Right. Yeah. It it was a little it was a little bit different because both Cliff and I. It was. Yeah. We we knew it wasn't him. So, yeah. I'll I'll look up the song. I, the name of the song for Simple Plan kind of uh, uh, escapes me, but at the moment. But I'll uh, I'll look it up and I'll I'll get you the the name of the album and we'll go from there. Yeah, because that sounds like a pretty cool song on the front end. Yeah. Um, and I promise you that I will never uh, <laughs> seriously refer to that as an airline jingle. I will jokingly <laughs> now until eternity. But not seriously. I swear, man, look, I'm being straight up. I swear, I was like, these boys are playing a jingle to Alaskan Airlines. <laughs> oh, man. I'd be oh, in the man. car driving back. I have friends in the car listening. They're like, what the heck is this? I'm like, man, I don't know, man. Oh, my God, man. We, we, we got we to we school you Americans on, 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 on oh, some I'm Canadian telling you, man. History, hey, man. but you know what? I will tell you this. You boys got it on lock when it comes to Putin, okay. um, you got it on lock. <laughs> Absolutely, um, that is definitely my thing. I am in. Uh, I've had it with bacon. I've had it uh, the traditional route, and I've had it with chili uh, or uh, Philly cheesesteak on it. Uh, it gets a little cluttered on the palate. I'll be honest with you, um, but um, it is man, poutine, putin, putin, whatever you want to call it. I am down with it. Absolutely, better than um, disco fries. Man, I'm not sure what disco fries are, but yes, it's better than disco fries. So, <laughs> all right, now what's disco fries? Yeah, let's say Cliff. Even you got me. You got me on that one yeah. too. 
Well, it's yeah. uh, basically the same idea, except uh, instead of uh, the cheese curds that uh, you see on Putsin, it's uh, shredded mozzarella cheese. But same idea, fries, gravy, and, uh, oh, and cheese. Okay. Uh, it's mm. more of a northeastern uh, United States kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, that's what they call it is disco fries. Disco fries, I guess, because they invented it at a disco, maybe? That would be, that would be my guess. So if you could... So, yeah, so, sounds good. Let's go with it. So, if yeah. you, so, Cliff, if you go to one of these high-end places and you want to get something else on these disco fries, so if you happen to actually add duck to it, does that mean that it's disco duck fries? Ooh, I didn't think of that. Let's <laughs> go duck fries. Everybody under the age of 35 is just like, what the hell are I you know. talking about? <laughs> well, Once again, I, we're I showing our age. go try that. We, we go from duck well, to Bob that... take off to disco duck. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I forgot. Oh. Yeah, Rick D sang disco duck, didn't he? Yes, he did. Boy, we've gone off on a serious tangent. I, I know who that is. Absolutely. Yeah, and right all, on. And all the millennials are choking on their avocado toast listening to this thing. <laughs> Oh, you went straight to avocado toast. Avocado <laughs> oh, I went there. I went there. <laughs> oh, you went there hard. And let me tell you something. Somebody try to serve me avocado toast. It's going to depend on who it is. Uh, but <laughs> I may eat it or I may not. But yeah, no, uh-uh, not at all. But um, what is the thing? Uh, of course, you know, I had my wife with me, so she wanted to do shopping. And so uh, Thursday, it was raining. So... Uh, we went into a couple grocery stores and all these things, and and you guys love ketchup on everything. Um, I saw ketchup Pringles. I saw ketchup flavored popcorn. I saw ketchup flavored potato chips. And, yeah, so one thing you guys don't and have. And I'm down like, there, it's true. Yeah, the, the ketchup flavored. Yeah. XYZ, it's you're like, what? No. Yeah, I, I was kept looking at it, and I was like, I did find chicken chips, just like on Trailer Park Boys. That was cool, because um, we have like hot wing flavored chips. Yeah. But yep. these were like roasted chicken chips. And I was like, sounds yes, it sounds disgusting. <laughs> it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So, so but I found them. Um, and by but the way, no, it was I, I want to correct myself, by the way. It's the the song take off is from the out from the comedy album, The Great White North. It wasn't actually in their movie Strange Brew. It was actually in their comedy album, The Great White North. So, well, uh, that that really changes everything. Um, <laughs> but you can still watch the movie. Too. You know, Strange, yeah, no, Strange Brew is Absolutely. so much so Canadian. It's it's just it's just so stupid. It's but it's just so funny. So well, then I, I'm gonna have to check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we have digressed seriously from this. Uh, got a tangent here. <laughs> that's uh, what I do, man. I'm sorry. No, that's no what worries, I do. man. Well, that's what it makes it all fun. All right, let me let me bring, all right, let, let me bring it back to the football game then, yeah. uh, Carl. You, you've, I know you've, you've been watching every game on TV this year. Uh, now you've finally been to the stadium in 2019 to really take in this Alouettes team. How do you compare the, the atmosphere as far as not just games previous, but just from what you've seen on TV? Like, I mean, I'm sure watching on TV obviously doesn't do it. Ju- we don't feel it does it does it justice. Like, you actually have to be not here not in the stadium. You have to be there. You have to be there. Uh, I mean, if you're living within... Uh, 600 miles of Montreal, and you haven't been to a game yet. Then uh, what's what's wrong? Uh, you're missing out. I mean, you know, I I the the atmosphere there, just the way that that everybody is. I mean, if you as soon as I walked in to that that gate at the open end of the stadium, I immediately felt like I was family. I mean, everybody was so cool, um, and just every it was just electric. You could feel it. 
from the crowd around you. And it was nothing I had experienced the previous uh, two consecutive years. I may have experienced that way back, but I can't, re- I, honestly, I can't remember. Um, but that was something I'd never experienced. And that's something that I would like to experience at every game for the rest of my life. I mean, it was just unreal. Um, just, just the excitement from, from every pop of the pads to, to, to you know, every, every premier SI, if I'm saying it right, I don't know. Oh, you're, you're um, pretty close. Down. Pretty close. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Is it close? Okay, yeah. Premier Asai. I don't. I don't. I don't I probably said it wrong, but uh, I'm trying, man. It's a little <laughs> Eastern Shore French accent, but there you uh, go. it's all good. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you, you know the e- you know the easiest way to say first down in French. First down. First down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, by the way, let's. Uh, by the way, you were saying you were talking about the experience and stuff like that. Explain to us yeah. because you surprised us. Uh, is it po- You is it possible that you? Uh, got a surprise from the team and they gave you uh, post game passes to get on the field. Oh, dude. Yes, man. Look, that was the coolest thing ever. I mean, you know, after the game, you, you go out on the field, the players are there and you're just, they're just there. And you just say, Hey, what's up, man? You know, I mean, you know, Pat levels and, uh, uh Vernon Adams is class act all the way. I mean, uh, the first time I met him was actually Wednesday. Uh, when, you gave me the idea of the event that was going on downtown Montreal oh, yeah, on yeah, St. Catherine. At BMO, yeah. Yes. I made it there. And as I'm running up St. Catherine, I see Vernon Adams on this block <laughs> throwing footballs in this intersection. <laughs> and I'm like, this is like the coolest thing ever, you know? Is, and yeah, so I'm running up. starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but that – that is what you want. That's your heart and soul of your team. And if your heart and soul of your team is out there mixing with his family, is which I would call everybody else in the city, I mean, you can't ask for no more than that. And I'm running up, and he just throws this football right at me. I catch it. Um, so, uh, but it was just – it was neat. You know, him and, and there, were, there were players in there. As a matter of fact, I'll throw a couple of picks up on uh, Twitter uh, as soon as I can from that event. Um, I mean, everybody was just so cool, man. Uh you know, it's just, uh, it was amazing. And then being on the field after the game when the players are coming back out after going in for their post-game stuff, I mean, Chris Aki and, you know, Enoch Mwamba and uh, William Stanback was out there. And, um, I mean, you guys, uh, Joey uh, Alferi, the reporter. Yep, from TSN 690. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That dude, man, he's cool. Um, I mean, it was just, uh, it, it was a cool 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 experience and uh matter of fact the uh screensaver on my phone right now is a picture of uh my wife and i I believe cliffy took of us on the field uh with the uh the wall of the the uh uh, mcgill uh university i guess at the end of the stadium in the background um i mean it's just a really cool experience and i am ever grateful to uh to you guys i mean i love y'all you guys are cool um the team uh, is is amazing. Um, I mean, they're just, they're, it's amazing. The, the interaction they have with the community is just, uh, in my opinion, it's unparalleled. I mean, if people think they're not doing good enough, I don't know what more they could do. Um, I mean, they, they, it was just an awesome, awesome experience. And, uh, I, I'm already, you know, looking forward to the schedule coming out so we could pick a weekend to go next year. That's cool. Already. That's I mean, cool. it's just, it was just unreal. Hopefully. I mean, you guys are so lucky. 
Yeah, uh, hopefully you'll get your yeah. uh, you'll get your uh, your Chris your early Christmas present if the CFL goes ahead and and releases the schedule right before Christmas. It would be nice to, uh, for them to do that. Once yeah, again. man, absolutely. What I'm hoping is that there's a Grey Cup celebration or a Coupe Grey celebration, and uh, I'm able to find a way to drive up there for that. Oh, yeah. uh, because if we win it all, I will be there. No, that's <laughs> so cool. that's cool. um, so that that's my that's my hope. I've already told my wife. I said, look. You know, around the end of November, I may have to leave for for two nights, and uh, I'm just going to go uh, because I will not miss that celebration. Well, it's like well, remember, um, it's like what Ben said in in the interview, Carl. He, he, that's one of the things that he remembers the most was that was that very first uh, Grey Cup parade that he was able to attend in the early 2000s. So, right. I mean, so I mean, that would just be. I mean, after all these years to have one this year. At, at, I mean, it, it would just be off the chain. It would be an amazing oh, yeah, experience, yeah. and it would be something that I, I won't miss, but I miss out on. Um, but, no, it, it was just unreal. I mean, the organization, I mean, I, uh, it is amazing. You guys are very, very lucky to have this team, um, and uh, I hope that you know everybody in the city and around the city and who listens to this podcast, who's a fan, gets gets to experience it in person. Don't, and, um, don't take it for granted. Never take it for granted, man. Never, ever take it for granted because uh, I, I can assure you that experience, I, there's probably other cities that would love to have it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, don't take it for granted. It is, it is an awesome time uh, to be a football fan, but it's an incredible time to be an Alouettes fan, uh, you know, starting now, going forward. Um, I think it's just going to be, it's going to be a fun ride. And I am just glad they get the opportunity to enjoy this ride with you boys. So it's, uh, it's fun. It is fun. You guys are top shelf. You're great ambassadors for the team. And, uh, you know, they should be, uh, lucky to have local loyal fans like you that go above and beyond. Uh, like I said, you're my news outlet because I don't get TSN or any of that stuff here. Uh, you know, anytime I want to hear about news of the team or where we're going, I have to go to you guys. And, um, you, it's a labor of love and you guys are you guys are truly amazing and i'm just i'm glad i got a chance to uh to meet you hang out uh burn cigars and uh, drink beer that tastes like water so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you man like i mean labat blue is it's i mean that's that, that's what we we start off on and then we, yeah, we make our say, way well, <laughs> you let him have a labat i know blue? What the hell? I told you, man. I told you I like my beer to taste like water. So, I oh, mean, okay. you know, it's funny. We have, we have all these micro brews down here and, and uh, you know, and I'm like, nah, just give me a Coors Light. I'm good. Um, <laughs> so, you know, That's cool. <laughs> I, I, I may have brought. Yes, sir. No, no, no. no I, I was going to say, um, oh. uh, I was going to say, let's. Let's switch back if we can. I don't mean to interrupt you. I mean, we love, obviously, we love having yeah. you here, but I mean, that that's the main thing. Uh, sure. And I think you couldn't be, if the Alouettes could, were able to get a, uh, any more free advertising, what you just said would have made a perfect commercial. Very simple. <laughs> Very simple. Very simply put it on, well, on what it's like to be an Alouette right. fan in, in this, in this, you know, especially in 2019. But Cliff, um, yeah, absolutely. Leading into the game, this game versus the the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we know we always have some some transactions that come over the wire. Uh, but before we talk about the game, what were those transactions? Uh, well, actually, uh, it's kind of funny because normally uh, sometimes we don't know if we're going to get any transactions or not because uh, the team was just back at practice today, so. 
never know if anything's going to be happening or not, but uh, there was uh, a couple of small moves made. Uh, the Alouettes did add to their practice roster uh, from Missouri, a defensive back, uh, Arian Maxi Penton. Uh, played, spent a little bit of time with the LA Rams in the NFL, uh, was a... Was with the Missouri Tigers, uh, so we've got that connection with uh, Nate Rob, uh, not Nate Robinson, uh, Nate uh, Anderson, uh, draft pick from the Alouettes this year, also played for uh, Mizzou. Uh, so I'm curious to see what he, uh, what uh, this young man uh, Max Penton can do. Uh, and of course, as you add players, you also drop players. Uh, the team also announced that it has released defensive back Jermaine Ponder, as well as quarterback. Huh. Yes, that's right, quarterback David Pendel. Uh, we we hardly knew these uh, yeah, young men because they were only added a couple weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, I was say, when the hell was he signed? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have uh, to ponder that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, uh, uh, I see what you did there. Not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, just to let you know, we are taping early this week, so I mean, we're lucky to have uh, we're taping on a Tuesday rather than the Wednesday this week. Um, but uh, yeah, we're lucky to have some of the, some of the uh, any other news that we came across because I know we mentioned before Davier Posey lower body injury it does seem to be from what we've seen so far, everything seems to be okay and he is going to play. What was the other mate? Because I mentioned it when we're doing the uh, the uh, um, the recap. What was the other injury that the Alouettes had uh, in the game? Uh, there, there was another one, Cliff, besides Devere Posey. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, well, Antonio Simmons went out for a little bit, but then he was able to come back yeah. into the game. But uh, okay. maybe that's maybe that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I like there was nothing uh, significant other than uh, like I said, a lot of guys were kind of being pulled uh, towards the end just to give him a rest. I think that was one of the main reasons why Posey came out because it was, I believe, a, a thigh bruise that he had. Yes. So yes. it was more of a precautionary measure than anything else because when we saw him after the game, he was still in good spirits. Uh, Probably most likely because of the win, but uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he was definitely in any serious pain or anything like that. So I, I'm just hoping it was just more precautionary than anything else. Right, right. Uh, same thing with Simmons. He just got banged up, but he was out there and uh, still uh, still able to put the wood to uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. So, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, the, the, that's the thing with this, these games is just get out of there healthy. That's the important thing. Like you, you don't want to get hurt, especially this late in the season, knowing that you're this close to the playoffs and – when these particular games don't matter in the standings, I mean, the Alouettes are going to be second place no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Even if they lose, even if they lost this game and then lose the next two games and they finish the season eight and ten, uh, so what? <laughs> I mean, that's just that's, uh, that would just be the way it is. Nine and nine. Well, now they can do no oh, worse okay, than nine and nine. But okay. But the mindset going into like last the oh, last Friday's okay. game. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was. I should have okay. been more clear about that. Yeah. yeah be more but clear. Now, like, Come on. I'm sorry, man. I'm doing. I'm so <laughs> so excited still. You know, like, <laughs> Alice are going to the playoffs. I'm, that's that's Cliff, just great. I'm still. I'm Heck still, yeah, I'm still defrosting from Friday. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, like, I I don't want to sound like a wuss, and especially too, like we had Santa Claus in the next section over there rocking the shorts. I'm like, I know. All right. I'm. I'm not, I'm not going to bitch about the weather because, uh, I mean, like, yeah, I'm chilly right now. But, I mean, like, uh, dudes out here wa- wearing shorts, like, oh, man, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. So, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was quite the nip in the air, I got to say. And, yeah, for us, I don't to, know, for us to have to pull out our toques, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and it's only going to get colder. That's the thing is it's only going to get colder. I know. I know. Um, the, the game this week is on Saturday. It's at 1 p.m. That's a big change, by the way. Please make note of it. It's not at a 4 p.m. start. It's because now I know why the game's at 1 o'clock, Cliff and, and uh, Carl, because there is a CFL triple header uh, next weekend. Uh, so, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so the, the game will start at 1 p.m. at Personal Molson. It is their home finale. 
the Alouettes, and this I'm very surprised considering that this is a a, a Tiger Cats team that comes in, and this is another thing that blew my mind. A Tiger Cats team that's been around for so long. For the first time, they hit 13 wins in a season. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I never. I, I I thought that they had won. You know, it goes back to us in our 300 home wins. I thought they had won 13 games or more before in a season, but I guess not. Um, the Owls are only a two and a half point underdog. Carl, does that surprise you? Considering um, you know these teams haven't played since wow, since week two. I think it is in uh, in the season, and considering how well that they're yeah sorry that that they're doing. I mean, does it, being a, only a, a two and a half point underdog, does that surprise you? Not really. I, I think it's just so many invariables in the game as to who who's going to start and who's going to sit. That I think they just kind of kept it within the margin of error, so to speak. Um, you know, because we, we we still don't know. I mean, you know, both teams could rest everybody, or both teams could play everybody, or. Um, you know, I, I, um, no, I think it's fair. Uh, do I think the game will be within two points? No, but, but I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a fair kind of guesstimate. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. uh, where we are with that, but yeah, it currently the, the over under is the highest out of the league this week. It's at, at 53 and a half points. Um, what oh, they're I, expecting everybody to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. What, okay. Uh, the uh, the answer and the reaction that I got from uh, Greg Reedcliffe uh, while we we're talking, we saw him very quickly on the on the field after the game this past week. When I mentioned that that he uh, my was my opinion that Hamilton was going to come out with a vanilla offense, nothing wanting to giving anything away if they do happen to meet in the Eastern Final. I think you'll agree with me. His reaction to what I said was kind of a surprise because he was thinking no matter what in his head that Hamilton's just going to come out full force on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's just that, you know, the professional athlete mindset is that you, you don't necessarily go into any sort of event like expecting to half-ass it. And I, I don't see Greg doing that either. I, oh, I, no, no, I, no, no, no. I know. But, I, but, but to me, my thought was maybe they'll rest some people. I mean, it won't necessarily be their, you know, their all-star quarterback that they have currently under center that he's going to play. Um, you know, I said they don't want to give anything away. I didn't say that they were going to, you know, the team's going to come out half-assed. You still want to play. You still have to play as best as possible because I'm sure that these, you know, they've said that we want to try to go 6-0 and for the rest of the season. That includes going through the Grey Cup. I'm sure this team wants to get to 10 wins, but my thought wasn't to what, you know, what Carl was saying too. You don't want to, you don't want to necessarily play everybody this next week. So maybe that was my, my thinking when saying that Hamilton will probably come out with a vanilla offense and not do anything out of the ordinary that they want, may want to keep in their pockets. Uh, you know, if they do meet in the Eastern final. Right. And I, I definitely agree with you there. I don't think that you're going to see uh a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of stuff different. I think very much like this game this past Friday is you have to play it. I mean, there's, uh, it's scheduled. I mean, even though nothing is going to change in the standings whatsoever for either team, and there's no real incentive other than just you have to play, you have to, and just getting, getting a chance to get some of your other guys uh, some reps would probably be the only thing. So that's why I'm, I'm really curious to see when the def chart comes out, just who exactly will be playing. I'm sure John Bowman will be back in the lineup because you can't, doesn't make sense to rest him three straight games even again those games right. mean nothing but uh and i know that kahari jones had said that he is going to be resting people throughout like the last three games of the season just to make sure everybody stays in tip-top shape as far as uh, this playoff run goes so i mean as far as the offense goes as far as what we're going to see from hamilton and i even say from montreal as well i i again it's 
I, I have to believe it's going to be vanilla. I think we're going to, it's not going to be what we've come to expect from either team, but at the same time, like I still think there is that sort of that pressure internally to, to win, especially for Montreal, because you know, if they at least get the season series against Hamilton, like that'll be a big feather in their cap, especially going into the, sure. they, they, they do make it to the Eastern final, which will be played in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can go in with that sort of mindset, because they know that, okay, we've, yeah, we've won two games. They were both at, at our house, but now we've got to win the biggest game. And it's going to be in a place where unfortunately we got our, our lunch eaten for us uh, back in week two. I, I think that mindset's going to be there. And I think, I think Montreal's going to come out and play hard. I, I don't think they'll, they'll take any plays off, but at the same time, it's, just like it was against Toronto. Like you don't necessarily want to go out there and give every single thing you have. You don't want to show every single thing you have either. So it's, again, it's kind of unfortunate. I kind of wish this game had playoff implications or at least implications in the standings, but I mean, it is, it is what it is, but uh, uh, I don't know. I, I still think it's going to be a good tune up for both teams. And I still think there's going to be a good solid effort given from both. I, I just, I'm just really curious more than anything else is who exactly is going to be playing and who's going to be given a chance to rest up a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. By the way, very surprising stat, which I did not know, is that both the Tiger Cats and the Alouettes both have 43 offensive touchdowns on the year. I was actually very surprised. And that's tops in the league. Wow. I was actually very surprised about that. I, think I what, am too. Yeah, I think what the, what, the, what the Owls really need to, to be careful about is when it comes to the passing game. Uh, I think the Hamilton actually, I think they are, here it is. Uh, they per game, uh, Hamilton is second in the league at 310.5 yards a game. Uh, the Alouettes are fifth at 258.8. I think it's kind of misleading anyways. Um, but still we know when it comes to, uh, uh, opponent passing yards, you know, the Owls are third last in the league at giving up 312.2 a game. That can be very very uh that can be scary coming into this game as i said but it's maybe you know what maybe they'll put on the the, the best game of the year as i said it all depends on who's going to start and who's not right carl no you're absolutely right and uh you know i mean we know that that's the thing that this defense uh has the propensity to do and that's give up yards through the air uh, so i'm kind of used to that now um and, and i kind of don't really discount it but i kind of look more to um uh, you know, bending but not breaking right. with the defense, especially in the passing game. But, um, you know, so, so you know, here, hearing those stats, they, they naturally you would be taken aback. But uh, when, you, when you've watched the whole season, you realize the ebb and flow of it. And you know that, I mean, there's some really bad games that inflate those stats. And there's some really good games that are kind of overlooked by those stats. So, uh, you know, I mean, we'll know in the third quarter. I mean, I don't know how else to, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things when it comes to the secondary each week, I just tell myself, I'm like, it's going to be what's going to be, yeah. uh, you know, but, uh, it's gotten better. I mean, you know, especially with, uh, Lacombo patrolling the back head, gosh, what are we going to do next year? I mean, what, I mean, uh, with Lawford coming back, I mean, I guess we, we roll with two. I mean, um, I just, I think that, uh, that's going to be incredible having, I mean, these two guys, you know, being able to, to, you know, tag in and out playing safety next year, uh, it's almost a shame to have both of them at the same time when, I mean, either one of them have proven to be, especially with Bo now, you know, bona fide safety. But, uh, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's getting better. I mean, those numbers, they are what they are, but I, I 
much, much better now than we were earlier when big numbers were given up. Uh, I think it's going to be a much, uh, a much more uh, balanced approach on defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fact that we've got uh, both uh, Lacombo and Loeffler as national players, it's uh, right. It's, it's, it's talk about an embarrassment of riches. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like you cannot. It, it seems almost criminal to leave one or the other off the field. But just the fact that if they can rotate in, if find a way to get both these guys involved in the defense as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether mm-hmm. you're keeping them both at safety or you somehow you know drop one of them down to linebacker and uh, and let them go to town, I mean like these guys are just yeah, phenomenal yeah. players and again national players. So, I mean like, that's just fantastic news. So I mean like if God forbid one gets money, hurt, man. yeah, yeah, exactly. One gets hurt, God forbid. The other one steps in I, and it's like you know just like a like a fine tuned machine. Like they just they keep on rolling. Yeah, right. I mean, no, absolutely. Um, do not forget, uh, leading up to the playoffs, that the Alouettes Boutique is open. It's open on Thursdays and Fridays uh, from 3 to 8, if I remember correctly. Uh, if there are any questions on the on the, the times, please head over to the uh, to the boot, uh, to the Boutique website. I think it's boutique.montrealalouettes.com. Uh, uh, if not, head over to the, uh, to the Alouettes uh, webpage at montrealalouettes.com, uh, and uh, there's a link there uh, in English and French to the... Uh, to the uh, to the boutique. Um, other than that, uh, guys, I mean, as I said, it's uh, we're we're in the it's gonna be the last home game of the year, but it's uh, uh, I'm looking forward to, forward to a fun time, to win or lose, and uh, uh, it, I'm very proud to say that uh, uh, this has been one hell of a year so far, and uh, uh, this these uh, this Alouettes team has been fun to watch. Heck yeah, absolutely. Where you boys sit in this game? Uh, I am actually, it's my second game that I'm upgrading, so I'll be sitting in section, mm-hmm. uh, V1, uh, right on the 55, yeah. right on the 55 yard. I know, you know how I got on TV last time. So, uh, well, I'm going to tell you right now, man, if there's no selfie on Twitter, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. It's, so it is, so it is written. So it shall come to so pass. So shall it be done. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> which, which means I, I'll, I'll be keeping the home fires burning in Y1 like I, like I always do. So that's, uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Same thing, man. Same thing. And I'll send the selfie with the TV in the background. Yeah, yeah, How about that? All right. Well, um, obviously, uh, Carl, it was a, a pleasure to have you. It was a, it was great to meet you last week, man. Uh, Absolutely. And it was uh, obviously it's it's cool to have you uh, as part of our uh, Alouette Nation brothers. Now it's uh, it was a pleasure to meet you and your wife. Um, and hey, absolutely, uh, when, absolutely. When, when you come up next time, and uh, you know, let's let's continue your winning streak in Montreal this time. Your your losing streak is over. Let's continue your winning streak. That's right. I'm cool with that. I'm absolutely cool with that. Now, now I got one last thing here. Sure. Uh, how do you say cornbread in French? Uh, pain de mai. Okay, cool. I need to know that. Uh, that's kind of my little nickname, I guess, if you want to call it that. A lot of people refer to me as cornbread down here. So now, up there, it's pain de mai. Pain de mai. Pain, pain de mate. Yeah, no, it's actually pain oh maze, isn't it, Fred, uh, Cliff? Pain uh, de maze? Okay. Pain de maze. Pain de maze. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, that's what we'll throw on the back of the Alouette's jersey when, when I get one of the new ones. Google, uh, Google, Google <laughs> Translate, you let me down again. Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Google, what is 
uh, Doug and Bob McKenzie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> searching, 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 searching. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, uh, we will. We hope to see you guys uh, back here next week on the Alouette's Flight Deck. We hope you do enjoy the uh, the, the home finale leading into the uh, leading into the playoffs in the next couple of weeks. Um, but uh, every hope everybody stays safe and enjoys the game. So, for everybody here at Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.